algorithm has to move to, towards more of a semantic style search, which is exactly what you said, which is not matching on kind of the pure terms, but it's kind of understanding the meaning of what your product is, the category that it's in, and using that to infer what you should be ranking for. Welcome to the 10K Collective podcast for six, seven, and eight-figure Amazon and e-commerce sellers, part of the amazing FBA podcast family. If you want to scale fast, target a seven-figure exit, and enjoy the process, then keep listening. Do you want to grow your business bigger and faster? A free audit of your Amazon business can help you see and avoid threats and find missed golden opportunities. I generally charge $150 or more per hour, but this would be free. You can be a reseller or a brand owner. All I ask is that you're doing a few thousand dollars a month in sales already. Just visit myamazonaudit.com, scroll down, click on Amazon Audit, and book in a time. That's M-Y-A-M-A-Z-O-N-A-U-D-I-T.com. Look forward to speaking to you on your audit. Ladles and jelly spoons, boys and girls, welcome back to the 10K Collective Podcast for six, seven, and eight-figure Amazon sellers, a subset of the amazing FBA podcast family. Today, we are plunging into the A9 algorithm, the latest ACL and updates. What did that even mean? We're talking to Zon Guru's Chief John Tilly. Zon Guru is a really nice, clean interface and clean tool, but with a lot under the hood when it comes to research and keywords. So the perfect person to guide us through this, John Welcome back to the show. Been too long. Yeah, Michael, thanks for having me. Appreciate everything you do in the space. And I always enjoy listening to everything that you cover. Thanks, man. Yeah, good to have you back as well. I appreciate the Zonguru tool. Used it a lot over the years. So listing optimization. Obviously, this is an old chestnut. What's the same? What's changing? What's, what was ACL? Can you break it down for us? Yeah, look, I think there's a lot that's changed with the advent of AI from a seller perspective, right? And using AI in your, your content creation and better matching that to the A9 algorithm. And then I think there's this talk, I would say, at the moment of a lot of upcoming change to the algorithm. If you've heard of it, Project Nile and, and BERT, which is really kind of the, the, kind of the background to, to the algorithm and potentially a, a bigger shift from Lexic lexical matching on keywords to semantic uh, matching as well, which I can dive in and, and explain a little bit more as well. Yeah, I was going to say, you, you used a couple of big words there, so we better break that down. So lexical matching and semantic matching. Now, the linguist in me says lexis is a word and semantics is about meaning. So how does that stack up in the Amazon world? Boom, you got it exact, right? So look, the, the traditional way of the A9 algorithm, and I'll say traditional in, in quotes because Lexical is really like, hey, what are you putting to your listing? And whatever's in your listing, the algorithm is going to uh, match you for that and index you for that and then position you in search depending on how well they, they decide to rank you for those specific keywords, right? So if you go back historically with lexical, things like exact matching and kind of overstuffing listing with the exact matched uh, terms was helpful. And that's started to shift dramatically over, over the last while. And the, the kind of future that they talk about in this, there's a project Nile, which they, they're really talking about reinventing the, the search experience for customers on Amazon. It was due to kind of go live in September of this year, but they're looking at it early next year. But the idea behind that is some drastic changes to the search experience. So for example, instead of just 
doing a keyword search, needs-based search, you might, as a customer, want to do it based on kind of an event. So you're doing an event and you search based on that or a behavior or you use kind of imaging or various other ways to search for products. And so the idea behind that is that rhythm has to move towards more of a semantic style search, which is exactly what you said, which is not matching on kind of the pure terms, but it's kind of understanding the meaning of what your product is, the category that it's in, and using that to infer what you should be be ranking for, right? So it's taking more of the responsibility onto the algorithm rather than just what you put into your listing. So that's kind of the the direction of of what everyone's talking about and saying, oh, it's going to change drastically. My note on that is that a lot of thought leaders are saying that. And what I would say to that is Amazon's already doing a lot of semantic matching outside of, of lexical matching, right? You can you can do it today. You could have done it six months ago. You can put in a a term that you don't have your listing and, and you potentially might rank for that already, right? So there is some semantic search connection happening already. So it's exciting times. I think uh, you know, a different type of customer experience when they search is going to be helpful. And certainly, I think uh, a lot of that's going to align with Amazon's business objectives of trying to make more money. <laughs> but I think for us as sellers, we don't need to panic too much. I think the job that we need to do as, as sellers is still directionally tell the A9 algorithm, what should we what should we be indexing for and what should you be indexing us for, right? So how you put keywords into your listing is still going to be important because they're going to take inference from that. Images will also, and kind of alt text on images will become more and more important as well. So in a nutshell, make sure that you write a professional listing, that you understand what keywords you should be indexing for and put those into your, your listing. And I would lean more on broad match rather than exact match within your listing. It makes more sense. You don't have to overstuff it. And that will give uh, the algorithm directional inference. Okay, excellent. It, directional inference, that's another big word. I suppose inference is when you, you start with some facts and you kind of draw together the meaning from it. That's the kind of stats that actually are not keyword-based so much as, I guess, the demographically-based, right? And famously, Facebook is amazing at using mm. that user data. How do you think that plays into how we treat things then? Do we need to think about the the whole customer, not just the keyword? Or what do we do with this kind of new way of thinking? Yeah, look, I, th- I think you're you spot on there in, in that if, if I brought in that question to say, what do we need to do better as sellers? I think with the introduction of AI into listing creation, it's lifting the quality level of most listings that are out there on Amazon. And and if search gets more sophisticated, it really just starts to push us again back to where we should be focusing a lot of our time that us as sellers generally skip, which is better research, better understanding your customer, understanding their profile, understanding their emotions, what connects with them. The more work you can do around that and understanding your customer, your profile, the emotions of them, what are their search behaviors and matching that to your product and your product user experience, you're going to be doing a lot better. So. Absolutely. As, as the search experience evolves, we'll, we'll hear more and more what, what Amazon has in mind. And the better you can understand it, your customer, the better chance you have of connecting better with them than competitors, right? So I think with the advent of technology in general, it just pushes us as humans to connect better on the human level, to be more creative and to improve our expertise. So that's where you need to make sure you put your efforts, right? So how do we go about understanding our customers in that context? We really need to go out to Amazon and, and, and do some deep diving there. How do we sort of crack that nut? Yeah, look, I think there's a lot of ways to, to do research. I would say there's research to do around understanding your target profile, and that can be from anything of kind of surveys to 
different software technologies like PicFu, where they can go through the buyer experience and you can understand them in a better way there. You can do even paid for research, mostly qualitative research to understand the emotions of the user. What, one thing that I would say is a big needle mover for you and your customers is doing some simple things like recording the buyer process of your target audience, right? And so what do I mean by that? And, and I, we, we do this quite often with some of our clients and it's crazy what kind of insights you can get on the buying process. And, and it's as simple as doing this, find someone who's your target audience, tell them, hey, go ahead and look for a product in this category, obviously not your product, and tell them to record their, their process and speak out loud the kind of questions that they are wanting to answer as they go through that process. And I guarantee you, through that process, there's going to be something in that buyer journey that most listings are missing that is really important to them. And that's a simple thing. It could be a dimension. It could be a mention of something in the packaging or whatever it is that will absolutely move the needle in the buyer process. So that's number one. One additional thing that I would say is, yeah, semantic analysis of the the emotion in reviews is a critical thing, right? We were the first in the space to kind of do a semantic analysis of reviews across a category. And we kind of bucket them into love, hate, right? Which we tie to the emotion of what do people love about a product or hate about a product. And that gives you great insights as well. So there's plenty of ways to to do research around your customer. I think my bigger point there is a lot of people tend to skip that part, right? They do so much work in terms of finding their product, but they don't necessarily really dive deep on understanding who their customer is. And I think it's critical, especially as we move forward in more sophisticated technology land. Yeah, I like that a lot. That, that's a very practical hit there, literally getting some to record. I, I think I've said things like that to client, clients before, but it's been years since I've actually said it. But I think it's really, really good to just watch how somebody shops. As marketers, we spend hours thinking slowly about it. So you've got to, got to capture the, the, the bird in flight, as it were, haven't you? I think that's a really one thing that really strikes me. And that's brilliant advice. And then obviously you've got tools like Zongru has for analyzing reviews in a more sort of machine-led way as well. Any other thoughts on this? Because I think this is, you put your finger on the absolutely, the, the key thing, which is really understand the audience, because I guess that's what the algorithm is trying to do. So any other ways? No, I think, I think the other piece that I would say specifically around SEO and what are we trying to do as sellers? I mean, ultimately at, at the end of the day, we're trying to get more reach, but we're trying to get better organic ranking for specific search terms, right? And the, the big levers there, right? In terms of helping organic rank is one price. So I think sellers who, who are truly trying to drive their, their SEO organic rank, price is a big lever that you can pull and people don't pull it enough. And I mean by doing A-B testing, but even dropping price significantly in, in the short term to get potential more exposure and then you can drive your price up. So I think price and price automation is a critical thing if you don't have that as part of your strategy. And then the other one is a big miss by sellers, which is not, not necessarily just doing your SEO of your listings and doing your PPC strategy separately, right? As we know, Amazon is pay to play and you have to use that to drive sales. But understanding that there needs to be a critical alignment between your PPC strategy and your SEO strategy to drive organic rank. And a lot of sellers and agencies that we, that we talk to miss out on that, right? And what I mean by that is you have to build your listing and your storefront to, to index for the right keywords and focus on uh, and, and have a good understanding of what are the keywords that drive search, what are the keywords that drive sales. And what are the keywords that I can own that my competitors aren't going after yet? So I think you have to kind of have a deeper understanding of your keyword universe. And then secondly, on the PPC side, understand what keywords are you converting at a good conversion rate for your category and then using your ACOS and to drive traffic to those 
keywords to, to continue to convert at a high conversion rate. And that will drive your organic rank up for those specific keywords. And then you kind of get a halo effect across a lot of your other keywords. So what we see often is that keywords that have a high conversion rate, sellers underspend on and they keep their ACoS down, which is a mistake. And then on the opposite side, keywords that are converting at a low conversion rate, they overspend on, and that's not going to make a difference. So you have to get it kind of right between your PPC and your SEO strategy to truly drive your organic rank, which I think a lot of sellers are missing out on. Yeah, that's brilliant. That's a very, very practical insight. So don't underspend on high converting keywords. They're more valuable than you think. And then do, do not overspend on low converting keywords. We've got to be more and more efficient, right? So what do you guys deal with the PPC side? You're obviously talking very knowledgeably about this. Do, do you have a sort of PPC uh, management tool within the Zongaru suite? These we have reporting on PPC. We don't have an actual automation tool, and and I've got different opinions about the, the automation tools that are out there. But we anybody who knows Zongaru knows that we have a lot of sellers on our team, and we we have deep expertise around PPC, and we kind of manage the performance on on that side. But more importantly. Our focus is around the A9 algorithm, SEO, and we know that both pricing and, and PPC is an important factor in, in that overall organic rank. So we're constantly looking at that, right? So yeah, I think, I think anybody who, you, we have over 18 different tools, but our focus is really in, in terms of industry leading is data analytics, but the keyword intelligence and the SEO piece. We were the world's first to integrate listing and chat GPT into our listing optimization. So we look at that constantly as well. Do you want to grow your Amazon business bigger or faster? I bet you do. If so, a free audit of your Amazon business can help you see and avoid threats and find some golden missed opportunities. Generally, I charge at least $150 an hour these days for my time, but this is free. You can be a reseller or a brand owner. All I ask is that you're doing at least a few thousand dollars a month in sales. If you are, just go to myamazonaudits.com, scroll down, click on Amazon Audit and book in a time and we'll see each other on a Zoom call. That's M-Y-A-M-A-Z or Z-O-N-A-U-D-I-T dot com. Thank you very much for listening and I hope to see you on a call soon. Great. So that, that brings you to the next logical question, which is we understand the customer a lot more and some really fantastic tactical hints there. So tell me more about creating a professional listing. So what are the other factors that go into creating a professional listing these days in, in mid-2023 and beyond? Yeah, I think, again, with, without us necessarily knowing exactly where the, the semantic search aspect of, of listing is going to go in the future, I think what we, we can hang our hat on right now is just ensuring that, that we understand the keywords that we want to index for and we include that in our listing in a way that is written in a professional, clear manner, right? So what I mean by that is what we find that works really well with the, with the algorithm is to write a listing the typical way that we traditionally do it, which is, hey, we have a, a bunch of keywords with good search volume, ones that are relevant, and we want to make sure that we can include them in our listing, starting higher up in the listing. Title is most important, bullets, description, back and search terms, right? So w when we write a listing, the best way to do that is to understand what are the keywords that I need to match for, but then build it into a listing where you can broad match specifically for as many of those relevant terms in your title first, and then followed by your bullets, et cetera, right? So that sounds very easy in theory to say, hey, I want to broad match for as many as I can in the title. But actually to do that is quite hard 
And what's great is AI, if it's trained correctly, which we, we have it inside of our tool, you can train and you can say, hey, here's all the relevant terms. I want you to write clear sentences, titles, et cetera, but I want you to broad match for as many of these as, as possible. And so you'll see inside, if you do look at our tool, the kind of optimization scores that we give for our AI listings are typically about 30% better than the best listings on page one because of that broad matching. And that just works well with the algorithm. So we moved beyond kind of that exact matching, broad matching, which is kind of where the semantic side is going to go anyway, right? Okay. So tell us a bit more about the, the match types. And so just break down for those who are a bit newer to your personal definition of exact and broad match. And then tell us what the difference is between the some of the ways that we might have done in the past and, and what you're suggesting. So exact matches, like if you have a word like coffee cup, are you going to put those two words right next to each other in the title? Now, if you have a, a very specific main keyword that you're trying to rank for and, and own, you'll want to put that exact match obviously in your title because that's where if someone types in coffee cup and that word is exact match in your title, you're going to effectively, and they convert on that keyword, you're going to effectively get more juice from the algorithm is, is a way to kind of explain it. Now, if you broad match, you can have the word coffee cup, but they don't have to be right next to each other in a sentence. They could be right at the end of sentences or, or far apart from each other, right? But even though someone will type in coffee cup and it converts, even though you broad match, you're still going to get a juice for the algorithm. So it recognizes that. But what it really means is you don't have to then duplicate exact match terms in your, in your, in your title, right? So coffee cup, maybe if it's a three word or whatever, you, you kind of have, you don't have to repeat it uh, constantly, which obviously starts to not make sense within a listing, right? So yeah, yeah. that's the difference. The algorithm is not sophisticated enough to differentiate, I still find it ranks better than broad match. So would you say that the algorithm has really moved on in the last uh, couple of years then and it is now more sophisticated at ranking broad match? Yeah. And, and I think it's because of some of that s- semantic background that we're starting to see in, inside of the, the algorithm. And certainly Amazon doesn't like you overstuffing your listing with exact matches. It just doesn't work as it used to, right? So it's moved beyond that. And so the more reasonable approach is to do broad match and, and, and you can, you can start to connect the dots between most of the relevant search terms that you have. So I would say that is definitely the right way to go. And we see that on our tools. So right now we were the, the first to integrate ChatGBT and have an AI listing back in January. We launched our beta. So we've got some significant data under the belts around how it's performing. And right now we track before and after revenue on, on listings that are optimized with AI. And we see about a 23% lift in uh, revenue on existing listings, right? So we, we exclude uh, new listings because that just skews the data. But so it's definitely working. Now, more importantly, and this is an important, important point to, to note that you never want to, as a seller, just create an AI listing and post that. You, you have to fundamentally have that as a baseline that you can then finesse further. So within our tool, you have the ability to finesse and manually finesse your, your listing, which is a critical piece. Going back to the initial discussion we had where you have to focus on your expertise and creativity. Now you have more time to do that, so put that into your listing. And that's how you get it to really be at the right level for, for Amazon, right? Don't just rely on an AI listing on its own. So in other words, you can get AI to create 50 different versions of a, a listing, for example, in an afternoon. Probably would blow your mind if you did that many, but say 10. And then the editing piece means that you have to have the understanding of what's good or bad. And that means you have to have some judgment that based on, is my ideal customer going to buy this or not, or going to like it or not? And that, that means a sort of, what's a gut level understanding of the, the, uh, the customer, doesn't it? And so it's interesting how yeah. in the skill set has shifted a bit. Yeah. And, and 
we shouldn't underestimate the power of the, of human intelligence, right? And what, what we can do as humans. And so AI is, is at the end of the day, it's, it's an assistant that can do some baseline stuff for you in a much faster way. And, and depending on what you ask it, it can deliver better results, right? So that's how you should see it. It's giving you that baseline that you can then can, can work on on top of it. So it's moving us from content creators into content editors to, to a degree. The other piece that I think you should think about from an AI perspective is it being uh, a great brainstorming partner, right? So especially when it comes to images, the, the types of questions you can ask of, of AI and the kind of images that it will generate can give you a lot more creative ideas that will help you to, to pick the direction that you want to go. So if you're creating, we all talk about the, the search main image, right? And how do you creatively angle that or change that or, or do things so, so you can get the better click and it, it kind of looks visually different than everything else that's on the page. AI is a great tool to help you come up with what those ideas are that you can then take to your professional photographers, et cetera. So there's different ways that you can use AI, not just in kind of creating an end product, but just giving you different ideas, different directions that you can then take in and then uh, execute on the final piece. Yeah. Excellent. So it's brainstorming. It's not the final solution kind of thing. And it's not necessarily a substitute for the professional human creators you were saying as well. So, so just remind me, uh, I, I've been looking through the, the features of Google Guru before we, we went onto this interview. Um, do you guys deal with images directly as well, or would you, you just stick to the, stick to your knitting? So, so at this time, we just focus on the content. So we, from an, from an AI and from a listing perspective, we're all focused on keywords and, and content. We are looking at, at the image side of it. So I think it's got a little bit more to go. And, and certainly I think as the algorithm potentially takes that into more consideration, we'll probably pull that in. But right now we focus on the content piece, which is around ranking and indexing for keywords. Yeah, that makes sense to stick to what you're good at and, and only introduce things when they actually work. Let's talk about competition. This is the final thing. Obviously other people have figured out the other things that we're talking about to a degree. How do we assess and then handle competition on Amazon, which is more intense than ever in my experience? Yeah, it's a great question. And, and if we go back to a lot of our tools that we've created on for, for use on Amazon, we, we have coined this phrase over time called contextual. We talk about contextual keyword research. We talk about contextual listing optimization. And what we mean by that is to factor in all the things that are important, right? And one key components of that is competition. So whenever we show keywords, for example, we don't just show you, hey, what are the best keywords to put in your listing? We show you also where are your main competitors strong and weak and what haven't they found yet, right? Or when you're doing a listing, we, sh we don't just show you, hey, here's how your listing scores. We show you how does that compare to the best listings on page one. So competition is critical, right? And, and is a critical component of your strategy and understanding where they are weak is, is a critical piece. So I think that's the way to really focus on Amazon is not just focus on where's com competition strong, but importantly, where are they weak? And we, I think as sellers, we always tend to talk about competition getting stronger and everything else that goes into that. Whereas there's always that area of Amazon as the market grows, as people get on and it becomes more and more busy, there's more and more opportunity. And what's kind of cool about it is the opportunities are more in, in, in the niches, which you always talk about, which is you get, it's even easier because you have a much more specific product and you have a great audience, right? So by, by it getting noisier and noisier, if you use data and your intelligence and you put the effort in, you always find the opportunity. And I think that's what's uh, super cool about, about Amazon in general, because it has 
a lot of sellers, but it also has a, a massive audience and there's always going to be opportunity in that. Yeah. And I guess what you're saying really is it brings us neatly to the next point is that you've got to have the right tools and you've got to be very analytical. You cannot afford to be amateurish when you do have, you know, intense competition, which means really you ought to just tell us uh, again, what Zon Guru does these days. So I've, I haven't used it a while myself, or I've been looking at the features. You've got this cool AI integration. What, what are the things uh, are you offering these days to sell us? Yeah, one note I make there is as entrepreneurs, if you can rely on the data and take the emotion out of the, the decisions, you're going to have a lot a better chance of being success. And, and certainly software and tools can help you by giving you the data. But yeah, in terms of Zonguru, we have over 18 different tools across the various areas of your business, whether it's product research, niche validation, marketplace insights, which is kind of a new area of focus whether it's keyword intelligence, listing optimization, and then all the management tools around that alerts, data, uh, insights, dashboards, et cetera. We have all of that within the tool across most of the, the Amazon marketplaces. I think one of the newest developments of Zonguru is that we have a product and a, and a software tool set for sellers, specifically private label brands. And then we have uh, a product for agencies. So over the last few years, th there has been a, a growing cohort of specialist agencies that run the operational part of a brand's business. And they obviously need software. And we have a, a, a version of our software for agencies, which is a really interesting area for us. And we have a really strong product market fit there. And what's great there for, for sellers in general is that as we solve for more complex problems or a more complex audience, it's a trickle-down effect that goes all the way down to the individual seller as well. So we pre-focused on developing tools that are evolving with the industry and the audience. That's great. Yeah. And obviously you get a hell of a lot more data and insights from, from agencies because of the sheer bulk of products and sales that go through it. So you can pass that on through your software as well. That makes a lot of sense to me. Great. So look, if people want to check out Zonguru, where is it you uh, want them to go? Yeah. Zonguru.com. You can jump on there. We have blogs, we have chats, we have support. So come check us out. It is a seven day free trial. So if you just like want to check. For example, how your listing stacks up against your, your top competitors. You can you spend a couple of minutes and get that answer right there inside of our software. And check out my LinkedIn. We, we, we put a lot of content on LinkedIn around the e-commerce industry space. And you can find me there. If you just do a quick search, you'll find me and follow me there. Yeah. Right. And that's John Tilley, T-I-L-L-E-Y, if you're looking on LinkedIn. Right. Uh, and uh, then finally, have you got any kind of deals that you're offering uh, amazing FBA listeners today? Yeah, we'll give you a link for that. And uh, yeah, I think it's up to 20% off across our tools. And we'll give you a link for that and you can share it with your users. Great, fantastic. So the best place to go for that, folks, is just go to the, the blog, um, tankcollective.com. Um, I'll also put a link at amazingfba.com forward slash zonguru. That's Z-O-N-G-U-R-U. So, uh, John, I know you've got to get to another meeting. So thank you so much for sharing some really, really practical insights. I like that a lot. Recording your customers, one that's going to stick with me amongst other things. So lots of great practical stuff. And I know that your tool is, is getting ever better, but it's got that nice clean interface. It's not overwhelming, which I really like about it as well. So John, fantastic to have you with this. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks, Michael. Appreciate it.
Do you want to grow your Amazon business bigger or faster? I bet you do. If so, a free audit of your Amazon business can help you see and avoid threats and find some golden missed opportunities. Generally, I charge at least $150 an hour these days for my time, but this is free. You can be a reseller or a brand owner. All I ask is that you're doing at least a few thousand dollars a month in sales. If you are, just go to myamazonaudits.com, scroll down, click on Amazon Audit and book in a time and we'll see each other on a Zoom call. That's M-Y-A-M-A-Z or Z-O-N-A-U-D-I-T.com. Thank you very much for listening and I hope to see you on a call soon. Thanks for listening to the 10K Collective podcast for six and seven figure Amazon sellers. I really hope you found the show helpful to you. Please don't forget to subscribe to the show. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, please do leave us a quick star rating. It will take you all of 30 seconds to do it, but it does mean we can be found by and help many more e-commerce business builders. I wish you fast and profitable scaling, and I hope you enjoy the process of building your seven-figure Amazon business. Thanks very much for listening.